Max Verstappen breaks his own wins record with a dominant performance. Lando Norris with not one but two recovery drives. And the only way to sum up the Mexican Grand Prix for the hometown hero is devastation as Checo Perez DNFs on turn one, lap one. This is Into the Chicane, a Formula One podcast, the Mexico City, not the Mexico Grand Prix. Correct. The Mexico. What was that little whisper you just did? <clears throat> it was a uh, false start. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be a 10 second penalty. We're going to have to go back. Uh, the Mexico City Grand Prix. I've been calling it the Mexico Grand Prix for a long time, and I forget that it's actually the Mexico City Grand Prix. It's one of the rare ones that's named after the city, like Imola. Yeah, because I think the city itself <clears throat> spends a bunch of money to make it happen. So Yeah, I dig it. I dig it. I just wanted to come correct on this one. Um, the Mexico City Grand Prix. Um, did I mean, you have FOMO this year? I had big time FOMO and I was thinking about this. Imagine the butterfly effect mm-hmm. that could have happened had I been there. Okay. Had I gone, who knows, you know, I could have kicked a trash can mm-hmm. that rolled out, you know, a, a Coke bottle that made its way into the, you know, mm-hmm. uh, custodian has to pick it up that kind of reroutes that custodian they now make their way to the paddock at a different time maybe they bump into Checo on the way on his way to the the garage or the garage as they would pronounce it in formula one that kind of resets his mentality it just you know a Mm -hmm. ripple effect of things who knows what could have happened um yeah big time FOMO on just being there it was a it looked like you know again an amazing event they always Put on a good show. Um, Did you watch the opening ceremonies at all? The driver parade. Yeah, I watched a little bit. It was uh, it was a little too long. It was you know, there's only so many laps you can watch of these guys in really nice vintage cars just waving. Yeah, but I mean, just overall of the opening ceremony slash driver parades, it's the best of by far. It's by far. The I just best. couldn't. I couldn't help but just like. Just having it on, just watching. Usually it just feels very uh, monotonous. You're going through the motions. But with this, just the the crowd, the atmosphere, the, I mean, I, I'm a, also a sucker for a marching band. Sure. And they, and they were really good. So that and was I, that was just so cool to see uh, and, and for, them, for that to set the stage for the weekend. Yeah. It was really great. When I talk about Mexico City being a great race, we all know that it's not the track. We all know that it's not Auto Hermanos. Autodromo Hermanos Rodriguez, it's making it a good race. You know, it's it's the atmosphere. They put on a show. It's the best event. Mm-hmm. One of them, at least. I'm sure there are other, you know, great, great tracks to be at for the atmosphere. But, yeah, it's, uh, it's a good time there. Um, Do you want to get into it? Yeah, let's, uh, I mean, let's start off, I guess, we'll go over qualities. Not a whole lot to talk about in practices. Yeah, but um, like you were saying, uh this uh, one of the great race tracks on the circuit uh, that we get to go to every year. Um, one of the things that I do love about this track is is be- that it has such unique um, environmental uh, aspects to it, mm-hmm. being uh, the altitude. Oh yeah, um, yeah, the just the altogether the the arrangement of the circuit. Uh, really threw a lot of the teams for a loop this weekend. That's why we got to see some uh, different definite changes in the qualifying order. A um, couple teams got caught out. A couple teams got uh, a little bit of an advantage. So um, in the qualifying, we got to see uh, Ferraris lock out the front row. 
Yeah, that was a little bit of a surprise. One and two, they, uh, Q3, they had their first uh, go at it. Both cars had amazing pace, um, blew everybody away. Uh, I I don't know if they went out on another set of fresh tires or not, but they both went for another run. Both could not capitalize. Um, nobody actually uh, could get anywhere close to those uh, first run times. So it was just, it was one of those things where, with the uniqueness of the circuit with the altitude on stuff like all the cars had a very uh, touchy aerodynamic uh setup for the weekend right like just the small amount of change in track temperature would give one team an advantage or give another team a disadvantage Mm -hmm. so you got to see that play out in the qualifying daniel ricardo that i mean there's two big two big storylines from quali one is Lando Norris misses Q2 mm-hmm. and ends up qualifying P20 because he doesn't put in a hot lap at all. They only send him out on one flying lap. He, or no, he they, they send him mis- out. Yeah, they send him out on one. He locked up, right? Yeah, he had a little so, mistake. So he didn't really get like a second one. Um, or he on his second one, Fernando Alonso spins it. Mm-hmm. Yellow Yellow flag ends up ending. They basically red flagged it, right? End of the session. Yeah, no, because there was a bunch of cars out uh, on their final run. So mm-hmm. um, it was a yellow flag that was essentially a red flag, at was, least for Lando. Yeah, cause because they, they were just with how much time was left in the qualifying, it ruined a bunch of laps for yeah. everybody. So. so Lando doesn't really get in a hot lap and uh, ends up qualifying P20, which holy goddamn shit. That was, uh, no, that was a shocker. Yeah. Because so. um, I think that he could have, had he qualified high, in the in the order, I think he could have contended for P two, definitely, hundred um, percent. So that one was a shocker. And then yeah, Daniel Ricardo qualifies P four in an Alpha Tauri. Yeah, nobody really expect, <laughs> expected that to happen. Uh, it was definitely quite a surprise. You did expect? That? I did. I not. I mean, we'll go over this when we look at our predictions. But did I not say that I had Daniel Ricardo in the points? You had him in the points, but I mean, he. F- I mean, I expected him to have a good weekend, but not. We're a P4. talking, yeah. What points you're saying? I'm. T- I'm thinking nine or ten, you know, somewhere in there. But but I qualifying ex- fourth is kind of wild. My my statement was: this is a track that he knows well. You know, he's driven this track a lot. Mm-hmm. He's familiar with this. These North American tracks are like his second home. So I I had a feeling he was going to do well here. Not that well. He. I mean, I don't even know what to say about that. Is it a fluke? Yeah, I think he kind of got the same flattering with the track temp that the Ferraris got yeah. in a way. So um, overall throughout the weekend, he did a great job. So he held he was it able down to manage it. So good on him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so like we said in the race <sighs> going uh, and going into turn one, we saw well, was both Ferraris didn't get the greatest jump as expected. Yeah. Let's talk of, about the starts because uh, Charles Leclerc doesn't get a good start. Like you said, Carlos Sainz doesn't get a good start. Max Verstappen gets a great start, Mm -hmm. which Mm -hmm. is almost, I don't want to say it's rare, but to see him get a jump like that doesn't happen that often. Usually he's one of the ones on the back fit. Correct. Um, Daniel Ricciardo gets a good start, and Checo actually gets the best start of the top five. Yeah. And his reaction time was 0.22, it was 0.07 seconds faster than Max Verstappen's, and it paid off for him. Yeah. Got a great launch. And then he just had that open window for him to just get right in behind. And then he had a triple slipstream, too. He had a slipstream every which way he went. Whether he went to the right, he had Carlos Sainz. If he went in the middle, he had Max Verstappen. If he went to the left, he had 
Charles Leclerc. So he bolted mm-hmm. all the way up the left side. He pulled kind of a Max Verstappen uh, 2021, where Max started P3 and went all the way around the outside. Take it away. What happens next? Uh, Checo, although he has a great launch and uh, has a feeling that he's in the lead going into turn one. Uh, unfortunately, Charles is still there. And so when he turns in, he and Charles Charles collide with each other. Uh, Charles gets off with just some front wing damage. Uh, Checo gets sent off the track, gets a, a big old hole in the side pod, damages probably his rear suspension. Just Yeah, the, you have to fall. imagine, yeah, the rear suspension probably went because it sent him five or six feet in the air. Mm-hmm. With the back end being at the highest point, hard slam onto the ground. Uh, if the suspension didn't take a hit, the the gearbox, chassis gearbox, might have. Yeah. You think his gearbox got trashed? Probably. I mean, well, he was able to make it around, so it was probably just he, a suspension. Thing, yeah, he but. made it to the pit. I wouldn't doubt though if something you know more mechanical did get messed up, and yeah. maybe he's going to need a change for Interlagos. Who knows? We'll see more, you know, on Friday. But big hole in the side of his car. I couldn't believe it. it. You know, it actually got fucking spoiled for me. Did it really? Yeah, because I was watching on a delay because we had to go, we had to drive, you know, a little bit out of town um, to go meet up with some folks. We were going to watch it there. I was going to watch it on about a 20 minute delay. And I got a text from my dad and he just goes, why is the Mexican dude out? <sighs> and I was like, dude, thanks, dad. What are you talking like? Yeah. And I just like. Drop my phone. Like, if the, if ever there's not a time you want something spoiled, it's a Checo accident in Mexico City. Yeah, I mean, because all of the excitement of the weekend had been building up until this yeah. point, right? Where it was like, uh, check it's Checo's at home. I mean, every time he went by anywhere in the crowd on through practice, through qualifying, just the, that part of the crowd went crazy for yeah. Checo. So, obvi- I mean, obviously... He's Superman. He there. wants to go and, and, and do well, right? So when you're in his position and you see this giant opening, of course you're going to go for it. And But at a certain point, when you get into that point where you have to actually turn the car and, and get through the apex, yeah. you got to assume a little bit more risk there. You can't just... You can't just assume that uh i i don't even know if you charles is gonna just let you by yeah i don't even know if you can call it like assuming risk you can't do that he had a full car next to him that's what i'm saying like he well he needs he should have he should have played it better is what i'm saying yeah he he should have he should have been a little more calculated but i at the same time i understand why he did what he did but it is it is a shame uh just for him to have to go back to the garage and to deal with that and to come out and to answer the questions and to, you know, face the fact that he let down his people, you know, yeah, kind of sucks. So, I mean, there's, there's no, there's no uh, other blame than mm-hmm. Checo. So it was nice to see him take that blame too. Yeah, I didn't like his response being like, but we know, you know, we know we're good now. Because he, he had some kind of a response being like, well, you know, we know the car's good. My launch was good. So, like, now we can move forward. It's like, no, dude, this is a this is a big, big mistake that you made. Yeah. And it's a giant mental error. The fact that you didn't have the wherewithal to control your emotions. I get it. You want, you know, he, he said he saw a gap and I wanted to win. Good. I hope so. He wanted desperately to get out in front of Max because getting out in front of Max lap one is the, his only real fighting chance. You know, mm-hmm. and then a pit stop strategy that... Hopefully the team allows him to go for it. But 
you had a better shot of backing out of that corner, not hitting Charles Leclerc, underbreaking, going around Charles Leclerc, probably losing out to both of them around that turn on the inside, right? Turn two. He would have lost that had he gone around. And then overtaking Charles Leclerc in the DRS zone two laps later and then having your way with Max or having an attempt at catching Max. He probably wouldn't have. Yeah. But who knows? But P2 in your home race is a thousand times better than DNF on lap one. And that's what it ended up being. At this stage of the year, it's as good as a win for him. Yeah. So would uh, have been. And this is, I mean, this is as bad as it gets. I can't imagine a worst case scenario or a, a worse scenario than Checo Perez, DNF, turn one, lap one, Mexico City. Like, write that any worse. Yeah, it's the most tragic event. It literally yeah. is as bad as it gets. And it sucks because that launch was beautiful. It, you can tell he was dialed in, but it's another case, I've been saying it all year, of gripping the steering wheel a little too tight. Yeah, and uh, he's shown over the past little stint that he's been uh, a little too careless, and especially when he's trying to wrap up second mm-hmm. in the championship, he needs to tighten it up a little bit. So, yeah. Um, yeah, so the race, um, from that point, uh, until about, uh, lap 39 or was it 34 was it? It was not quite halfway point of the race. We saw Kevin Magnuson, uh, with a pretty strange crash, uh, going through a little chicane. Uh, he had heading towards the stadium section, right? Headed towards the stadium section. Um, he had been experiencing some overheating of his brakes, uh, and then due to the excessive heat, one of the joints on the suspension of his left rear wheel just gave way. And so uh, you can see it on the replay. Mm-hmm. His left rear tire is like pointing in. Yeah. So when he hits it. It was like it just completely folded. Yeah, completely folded about the same time he hit that curb. And then when he should have been turning right, he basically went straight yeah. into the wall. So when he he came out of the car immediately and like when I just seeing his like body language, I was like, Oh wow. He did not look good. I thought like maybe he got a concussion or he was stunned. Right. Like, yeah, the, it was a weird one because the impact didn't look too big, but the car was pretty mangled. So I wonder if like the G force was so much heavier than it looked, Mm -hmm. you know, um, his hands, I think, might have gotten a little bit rattled, too, because you can see when he, he immediately shaking, gets yeah. out of his the car, he was shaking his wrists. Who knows if, if that was just nerves, you know? But he also did this thing where he looked uh, he looked a little zoned out, like just in the face as he was walking away. And then he hid in, in the, the tech pro. In right? the tech pro. He yeah. hid inside of it, like as if to hide from the cameras to not yeah, show. That's what I thought. Which too. I've never seen somebody do. So that's when I was like, oh, this is bad. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the medical evaluation, you know, uncovered, if anything. I think he might have just been really rattled. Yeah. But that was a big one. And then, you know, brakes caught fire. And that's bad news for Haas. Um, They've got a little bit more money because of sponsorship, but that's not a team with a bunch of money. And they've gone through cars over the past few years. Yeah. Like fucking condoms at a college, you know. They're going to have to scrap the majority of that, that car and put together a brand new one in a week's time. So that's a big hit against the team. Yeah, I they mean, can't. They cannot seem to catch a break. I was just going to say it's like altogether just not a great weekend at all. You know, Coda was supposed to be big for them with the big upgrades and everything, and, and they had huge pace there too. And in the race, it didn't work out for no, them. So the opposite. Uh, very disappointing again for Haas. Uh, but this uh, red flag uh, did uh, force a restart mm-hmm. for the race. So this kind of changed things a little bit. 
We should talk before we get to the restart. We should talk about Lando Norris's well, uh, from P twenty. By the time they hit the restart, I don't. Where did he end up? So he at this point he was in P ten. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so he moved up ten places. Moved up ten places. Uh, on the restart, though, uh, he blew it. He he started on mediums. A few of the drivers started on mediums. Most everybody else on hards. Um, Lando himself said that he sh- he had a little bit of trouble getting temperature into the tires at the start mm-hmm. of that restart. So at the start, he lost about four places within the first yeah. lap. It was a really dusty track. I don't know if you noticed that. Um, and yeah. he had complained in his post-race interview about like some sort of an interference in his restart. So I don't know if it was just dust or temperature or a mix of the both, but it was some sort of elemental thing that was uh, affecting him. Yeah, just couldn't get the temperature in the tires. Uh, so he struggled a little bit at first, but uh, ended up uh, on a little bit of a charge uh, once tires yeah. started working out both him and and Hamilton had both uh, excellent charges at the stage of the race on uh, the medium tires. We saw Lewis. Uh, he started on. Let's see here. Where did he started fifth or sixth? Was it? Lewis started sixth because Checo was in fifth. Okay. So uh, I don't know where exactly he was on the restart. Maybe fourth or something like that. Fourth. Yeah. He hadn't quite charged ahead as much, but in this uh, last little sec, two thirds of the race or third of the race. Uh, Lewis is just on a tear, uh, makes his way past the Ferraris up into second place. He put a hell of a move on Carlos Sainz. That move to the right where he dipped his wheel is beautiful into the the dirt a little bit. That straightaway, uh, you know, off the line might be one of the best sectors in in F one. I know that track is not the best. You know, we harp on that shit. Yeah, there's some complaints about it being hard to pass on and such, but. I would say that we actually got to see some pretty great battles. Yeah, there was really good racing actually this year at Mexico. Yeah, DRS was not as effective because of the altitude and stuff like that. So it was a little bit harder for uh, for some people to make passes. Like uh, Esteban Ocon, he called out that he was going to pass. He said, "Fair oh, warning yeah. to the Haas. I'm gonna I'm gonna make a move." Yeah. And then it took him like what like five laps to get. To- yeah, did you see Nico's response to that? I didn't see what he said. Nico posted something on Instagram being like, oh, I hope you like the rear of my car. Get used to it or something like yeah. that. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Something silly like that. Um, George Russell had a really tough time getting past Oscar Piastri. Mm-hmm. Wasn't able to make it happen. Did you hear whose comments were it? It was uh, one of his friends. It was like uh, Alex Albon or Charles Leclerc, one of the younger guys. It could have been Lando even who made a comment about George and how reckless he can be because he was. they were either coming up to pass him or he was attempting to get around them. Oh, yeah. And he was. they were like, well, you know how he can be. <laughs> so I, I like that he's starting to get that reputation. Yeah, just being a little, a little too scrappy. Um, but altogether, uh, it's pretty amazing seeing Lando uh, put his charge on, was able to get past... Uh, Gets past the Alpines. He got past his teammate with uh, no issue there. Uh, the team orders there uh, worked pretty smoothly. You see Oscar, uh, when he first got the orders, he was like, all right, got to hustle now. And then he locked up that one corner. And then as soon as he got the lock up, he was like, ah, all right. Yeah, I'm not going to play around with that. So. Yeah, good on you, Rook. Um, yeah, amazing to go from you know P20 to P10 and then from P10 to 14 all the way up to five. Great, great drive from Lando. Yeah. 
Yeah, almost uh, almost forgot one thing. Um, my man Yuki Sonoda was had an amazing pace this weekend. He looked good in qualifying. He, uh, he had already known that he was going to be taking a grid uh, or a bunch of new com- engine components, so he was going to have to start from back of the grid. So mm-hmm. his whole goal in qualifying was to get Ricardo further up, which I think that did help Ricardo a little bit. Um, so in the race, we didn't quite know where Yuki would be, but he starting from 17th or something like that had gotten his way all the way up into eighth amazing pace up there starts battling with Oscar Piastri a um, couple laps go by um, he touches Oscar once a uh, little scrappy come around the next lap about the same place yeah Yuki tries to turn in a little too early it's turn one was it turn one? Yeah, it's it's right out the straightaway yeah, turn so, one. He and ends up in the grass. Ends up in the grass, and Yuki uh, just ultra frustrated with himself, as he should be. I think yeah. uh, this is. I think uh, was really bad for him. <laughs> I think he, especially when on a weekend that Daniel does so well, he really needed to go and get points for that team. Yeah, it would have been their first double point in God. Who knows? I mean, when's the last time AlphaTauri scored, scored double points? I don't remember twenty twenty one maybe. <laughs> I I literally couldn't even tell you, but um, it was a good showing from them all weekend long. So yeah, it would have been really important for them to put up a good a good weekend total, and uh, that just goes to show Yuki's maturity and you know his responsibility He's, as as a team member and just a, a driver in general yeah. wasn't there. He was driving a little bit too much for himself than and, he was. Yeah, so. Still has a little bit of work to do. Um, I don't know if you know this, but um, Yuki this year has been working with a new performance coach. I don't no. know if you know this. Uh, Michael Italiano. Do you know who he is? He doesn't sound like a real person. <laughs> He's a real person. He was the guy that was uh, Daniel Ricardo's performance coach last okay. year. Oh, interesting. So um, some people say that uh, that relationship didn't quite work and that was part of the reason that contributed to uh, Ricardo's issues while he was at McLaren. Uh, so I don't know. Is there something with that? Maybe Michael. So you, you're saying that this guy's having a negative impact on Yuki's performance? He might be. I don't know. Well, I mean, what does a performance coach even do? I mean, are they these types on- of things working with him on these types of things, staying more focused, not losing your cool, stuff like that. So hmm. I don't know. Something to think about. But um, maybe. I mean, Daniels was... Daniel's issues were more racy and less of like a focus. Daniel wasn't like a reckless driver. He didn't do things yeah, he shouldn't be doing. Yeah, but you could say he, the, he was struggling on the mental side of things, right? So. I guess, but it's like Yuki's just trying to do too much at the wrong time. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but anyways, I what I wanted to say was I really felt like this race was almost the perfect metaphor for this season. How so? Well... Max had a couple setbacks, but but still pulled it still out. pulled it through, dominated mm-hmm. everybody. While yeah. his teammate, although showed glimmers of glory and and strong pace, uh, and every and as much as everyone wanted him to to be the star, he tragically was not able to. We see both the Ferraris looking very strong, but don't quite have the pace to, mm-hmm. to put, bring home the lead, right? No finish. Or, 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 or to get them both on the podium. Yeah, they had no finish. Mercedes, uh, specifically Lewis Hamilton, are, could argue outperforming the car, struggled much of the year, but um, through this last little stint, uh, 
has been just showing great pace and why he is the champion he is. Yeah. But potentially in getting potentially second place overall in the championship. He is 20 points away right now. Uh, and he's looking on form to do it. Um, yeah. Uh, it, it's very beautiful. Yeah. Uh, the McLarens. Oscar, really great up in there. Definitely within the top 10 driver. Maybe, maybe still has a little bit to go, a little bit to learn. Lando, setback after setback. Still showing the great pace, still yeah. getting in there and getting points for the team. Lando is like, I feel like a continual work in progress. And I just be as a Lando stand want to see him nip all these little issues like starts. You know, I think that's his main issue is, is his starts. He does not get a good launch often. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a little bit of a lockup here and there, but he's so close to being that full package. And now I'm starting to wonder, like, is he ever going to get? everything dialed into 100%. I hope so. Yeah. But but yeah, you're right. He's, you know, just a, a sniff away. Two things I want to I want to mention before we move on to uh, our predictions recap. One, I want to harken back to Daniel Ricardo and the amazing performance he had. Last lap of the race, Daniel Ricardo in an Alpha Tauri is chasing down George Russell in a Mercedes and almost had him. Mm-hmm. So just to just to reiterate how good of a weekend Daniel Ricciardo was having. That's all the pace that he was having. And to shit on George Russell a little bit, that's how bad George Russell was doing, mm-hmm. was that he was being chased and almost lost out to an Alpha Tauri. Yeah. And uh, running the same strategy as his teammate. Running, yeah. Exact same strategy, but still has the gusto to think that he is number one on that team. I will never let that yeah. go. I'm going to point out every instance of where that is false, every opportunity I get. And then I want to talk about the double DNF of Aston Martin. Yeah. Jesus Christ, are things falling apart over there? I mean, to further my the metaphor for the year, yeah. Aston Martin, even though showing glimmers that maybe they still had it together, uh, they ended up both DNFing. Yeah, so they put they put together the upgrade package for Coda, right? Uh, I feel like it did was they, Qatar that they had the the, the bigger upgrades. Oh, what? Well, uh, did they bring back-to-back upgrades, Co- Qatar and Coda? Uh, I don't know exactly. I think also only one of the cars is running it. Yeah, because they've been trying to figure out what's going on. Yeah. So the, Lance has been running the old spec uh, while Fernando running the new one. Yeah, that's... uh, Man, the tires have literally fallen off. Yeah, well, I mean... Aston Martin. Along the same lines, uh, speaking of last lap and then continuing my metaphor for the thing... Logan Sargent. Logan Sargent. DNF on the... I uh, mean... When he he was charging, he had gotten himself up to P12. Yeah. Like, actually looking he like... Actually oh, he had a actually, good drive. Yeah, good. And then they're like, very, last lap, uh, we need you to turn it. Literally, like, less than, like, uh, you know... 100 yard, not even well, 100 feet from where the yeah. finish line is. He, he said something about that. He was like, It's right <laughs> it's there. Right. I could see it. Yeah. He's like, The finish line is right there. Just let me finish. But they have a fuel pump issue and they don't want to take an extra penalty for whatever, you know, stopping on the track stopping or whatever. on the track or if, you know, driving car unsafely or, you know, yeah. who knows what the kind of penalty they can get from. So, but we do have to give him props for that um, because <laughs> two back to back good. Solid drives. I think the, the la- his last two races have been everything that he needs to be for the weekend. So uh, before we do predictions, why don't we do uh, your props and flops? Uh, let's do it. Go ahead. Um, obvious big prop to Max Verstappen, beating your own record for wins in a season. Big props to Lewis Hamilton and Lando Norris. 
I'll even give a prop. No, that's it. No, props to Daniel Ricardo. Props to Daniel Ricardo. Those are like the obvious ones. And then uh, I think the flops are pretty obvious. Sergio Perez, flop. Aston Martin, flop. flop. George Russell, and this is just going to be a regular thing, <laughs> flop. Throw him in there. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to keep mine a little more simple. I think my my flop is going to go to to Yuki. I'm disappointed. Oh, yeah. Him. Uh, I think That's a flop. I, I expect more from him, especially at this point. And then my big props, I think, are going to go to Lando. Uh, just overcoming all adversity. Even though somewhat self-inflicted, he still brought it home. Yeah, I have one more thing to get to, too. Okay. Um, did you see the interview after the race with Lando Norris and Daniel Ricciardo? Yes. My God, that could not have been more cringy. That was one of the worst interviews I've seen in years in F1. That was, I mean, it couldn't I mean, have been I don't more know if the worst in years, but it was pretty awkward. It was I weird, mean, think right? of one that was weirder than that. It was so fucking weird. It starts off with Lando Norris just doing a regular post-race presser with Will Buxton and James Hinchcliffe, right? Uh-huh. Daniel Ricardo walks up for some reason, and they want to do a dual interview with these two. Uh-huh. Daniel Ricardo's opening line is, did you fart? He comes up to Lando and he goes, Whew. and he starts going, oh, this something stinks. And he goes to Lando, did you fart? And Lando, being kind of like, you know, an awkward young guy, yeah. doesn't know what to say. He's not like a great oh, interviewer. Yeah. He's yeah. not a big media guy. Gets super weird. Daniel Ricardo then takes the opportunity of this press conference to just try and be boastful in this weird, jokey way with Lando where he's like, uh, he's like, you know, before the restart, did you have good pace? And Lando oh, yeah. was like, yeah, I had really good pace. You know, he went from P20 to P10. So he, Lando was like, yeah, I had really good pace. And he goes, oh, do you think he would have caught me? Yeah. And Lando's like, he said something like, I, I think so. And then Daniel was like, oh, but I, I would have beat you something. So, oh, good. I forget what he fucking said. I should have I should have watched it before. Yeah. But he, I'd, I'd clocked that when I was listening to it. And I was like, that's so weird. Like Daniel was trying to insinuate that the only reason Daniel or Lando caught him was because of the restart. Yeah. Which I don't think was really true. I think if anything, he lost time because of it, right? Most likely. Right. Because he would have maybe had one more stop. I don't know, but like no, look because at, at the re- like at the restart, he lost places, so he had to repass those four cars. Exactly. So so I but I mean I think Daniel's trying to say like the timing of things wouldn't have worked out right because Lando would have maybe needed another I don't know what he was trying to insinuate because it, it sounded it just sounded like bullshit, and then he wrapped it up by just being like, oh, okay, so I would have beat you anyway. I would have beat you, something, something. And then Lando, like, awkwardly just stood there quiet with a Fuji face and was like, if I had qualified better, I would have been on the podium. And Daniel was just like, uh, okay. <laughs> and so then the interviewers go, oh, well, Daniel asked you a question. Lando, is there any question that you want to ask Daniel? Oh, yeah. And Lando just goes like, uh, and sits there awkwardly and just goes, yeah, so how did you feel? I thought How was your hand, yeah. you know, after? I thought that was a good question, though, because I don't think anybody had asked him that. Yeah, but it was so, it was just so painfully awkward because Lando wasn't in this jokey mood the yeah. way that Daniel was trying to be. And then he gets put on the spot and he's not a big, he's not a, like a, a 
a good media yeah. guy. So it was just this real weird moment for Lando. And then uh, it felt to me like they couldn't dislike each other more. Yeah. Or you at get, least you that. Get, you, yeah. The, 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 the slight beef is still palpable. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like that. Uh, it felt to me like Lando just genuinely doesn't like Daniel. And that Daniel's just this like obnoxious character and well, Lando's Well, I think life. Daniel's still a little bitter about how last year went and that whole situation. So he Oh yeah. Not last him, year, year before. Or both him sitting out, I guess. Yeah. yeah. 21, 22. Sure. Uh, you know, and then just you know, him now having this moment to be like, Oh, look, look, I still got it. You know, he's yeah. gonna try to Well flunk. look who beat but it's yeah, like yeah. he lost out. Yeah. He passed you. Yeah, for he good reason. He gained 15 yeah. spots And to nobody pass was you. expecting, uh, you know, Daniel to beat him or to have the better. So uh-huh. just the fact that he was able to finish where he was, people should be, or people are proud of him. So yeah. just, and just leave it at that. You know? Dude, it's so weird because all of like F1 Twitter and F1 internet shit is after that interview, they were, you know, memeing it and being like, oh, these two, this dynamic duo, it's so great to see them back together. They're like the best of friends. I'm like, what interview are you guys watching? <laughs> yeah. Lando cannot what stand they, this when guy. When have they ever been like best buds? I don't know. Lando and Carlos were best buds. Yeah. And it's like they're trying to repaint Lando and Carlos's friendship to be what Lando and Daniel had. I I don't think those dudes ever got along. Yeah, I don't know. Well, we can get into the internet stuff uh, here in a little bit. Yeah. Later, so, uh, But anyways, how do you feel about uh, where this race stacks up? Um, I want to... Th- I think we might need to be rethinking... The race of the season. Are we talking about on track racing, or are we talking about the event, the drama? Well, I think we the happenings. We of talked everything. about this. I, we did talk about this before, and then I think the decision that we made was that, um, yes, the everything surrounding the it's weekend a package deal. Is, yes, I usually go first. I'm gonna have you go first on this one. Okay. Um, it was a pretty great race. I don't know if it was. Anywhere near the best racing we've seen. Um, I, right now, I'm, I'm struggling either. Uh, it's going to go in sixth ahead of Austria. Wow. Or seventh ahead of Coda. I can't even recall Austria right now. And what happened. So I'm thinking that that was just good racing. And there wasn't a whole lot of drama. Mm-hmm. So I'm comfortable putting it in sixth ahead of Austria. For the fact that it had all the drama. We had two starts. One big crash. Everything surrounding Checo. And the fact that it was much better racing than we expected at this track. 100%. When you can see a race outrace the track. Or outperform the track. I think that's big points. So six six best race of the year. I'm happy with that. Okay. So for our predictions, you had Checo qualifying top five. Um, which Qualified P5. P5. So Let's go. Point. Let's fucking go. Uh, and then you had Carlos outperforming Leclerc, unfortunately. What did Leclerc finish? Uh, he podiumed. Third. Yeah. Third and fourth. So it was close. Damn, how how Carlos much? was I'll give Carlos was sick this weekend. Uh, he missed Thursday. So. He was I should get a half a point for that probably. <laughs> uh how much time how far off was Carlos? 
Can you check the timing chart right there real quick? Seven seconds. Is that what that says? Uh, four. Less than four. Less than four off of track? Actually, a little bit more than four, but... Okay, not too bad. He was sick, yeah. He missed... Uh, Thursday. Missed Thursday's entire uh, presser and all that shit, and then um, they had a rookie in the in the car on uh, FP1 anyways, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Schwartzman. Both Astons in the points. Wow. I don't know what, what you were thinking with that one, but... Wait. I didn't have a Daniel prediction? I didn't have Daniel back. Oh, in the maybe points. it was Alphatari's. Maybe. Did you say? I think maybe you said Alphatari's, right? I don't know. We're gonna have to revisit this because why would I have put both Aston Martins? I think I think it might have been Alphatari and autocorrected or something. Because I just had it said like Asto or something like that. So maybe. I was like, okay, that's gonna be on hold. Okay. We'll we'll check that and we'll correct it. Um, I had Checo on the podium. Well, didn't happen. Lando podium streak uh, stays alive. Well, unfortunately, did not happen. Alfa Romeo in the points. Freaking Valtteri Botas, man. Like, actually had great pace, qualified, what, ninth? Mm-hmm. Both those cars, the back, back of the field. Didn't he get into some shit with somebody? He might have. Yeah. Somebody, something happened where he, like, uh, he either squeezed or got squeezed, and it was, it was like, not really his fault. Um. Something like that. I don't remember. All right. Well, so uh, I had two points, right? Just one, I think, right now. So, because if you if you had both alphas and oh, points, Yuki yeah. would not have gotten. So it's a, a an asterisk one. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So that's about it. All right. That has been the Mexico City Grand Prix. Uh, guys, please remember if you haven't already to subscribe to our YouTube channel, follow us on Instagram, follow us on TikTok, and on Twitter. Like all of our posts, share our videos. We appreciate it. It goes a long way. Check out our, the link in our bio and our with Koji. We got a bunch of cool stuff there, merch, tip jar, all sorts of shit. Uh, and we will see you guys uh, next time at the pre-Brazil. The pre-Brazil. Sao Paulo, Interlagos, one of the best tracks, probably the best of the year. This has been Into the Chicana Formula One podcast, per post-Mexico Grand Prix edition. Peace. Peace.